This episode is brought to you by Lipson. Planning to start a podcast? Look no further than Lipson. Lipson is one of the biggest feature-rich podcast hosting platforms in the world. Lipson is IAB certified, offers many hosting plans, and you can start for as low as $5 a month. Aspiring podcasters who listen to the show radio can get one month free by using the promo code TSR. Use promo code TSR at checkout to get one month free. And today we're going to be talking about uh, some interesting things that took place with EA. We're also going to be talking about Nintendo Direct and maybe a little bit of why Suicide Squad is flopping. So, Aaron, welcome to the show. How are you? What's up, man? What's on your mind, man? Dude, that's crazy. You dropped a bomb right there. Uh, It's going well. (laughs) It's going good. For me, at least. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, it is going good. So happy Monday to you. And uh, for those watching, uh, if you haven't already done so, uh, Aaron, you can find Aaron on Aaron Shot TV. Uh, so definitely check him out there. He also has the podcast, the Shack Cast. Uh, so uh, look for him uh, for sure. Always streaming, always giving you some great game stuff. Uh, you can find me here on this channel. And I'm also the author of Podcasting What You Should Know. Uh, you can find that. The links will be in the description below as well. So definitely look for that. So Aaron, uh, let's get right into it, man. So gaming, you know, that's why we're here. We're, we're here to talk about games and the things that we enjoy, the things that we play. Uh, so the first thing that we saw uh, very recently is uh, Marcus Leto. Uh, I mean, co-creator of Halo uh, and Battlefield game director, uh, has left EA. Uh, you know, it's like, it's a shock for me because it's one of those things where uh, you believe that the Battlefield game, the game that has revolutionized some of the games that we play today, you know, and now we see this game is still in limbo, man. So let's let's talk about this for a little bit. Yeah, Battlefield 2042 kind of launched with a little bit of controversy, you know, it didn't have the smoothest launch and you know, seeing that Leto was joining the cast there, hoping that that would really turn things around. So I don't know. Him leaving sounds like a, a warning to me uh, about the future of that game or whether whether they're going to keep pushing with that unless they find someone else to help head that up. I mean, that's that's tricky. I've heard good things, though. I've heard that the game is kind of in that turnaround Area. Okay, so, so let's talk about the good things. What have you heard that should still give us, you know, some hope that Battlefield 2042, uh, and I have some thoughts there and I'll, I'll share after you share. Uh, what have you heard that's still good for the series to uh, either resurrect it from where it's at right now? Yeah, I mean, at least where 2042 is concerned, I think they kind of just overhauled some of the decisions that they made early on. Like it was going to be like a character shooter at first. And they had the classes and stuff like that. And then they kind of went backwards on that, went more traditional back to like what Battlefield 4 had in terms of like mechanics and choices that you can make about your weapon kit and all that. So, and I think, yeah, just over the over the years, I guess, that that game has been out, they've been slowly um, turning things around. But sometimes it's too little too late for stuff like that. It's really tough in this market. Yeah, absolutely. So according to this particular article that I'm looking at here, uh, Leto, who had been heading up Seattle-based Ridge Line Games, an EA studio dedicated to Battlefield franchise, has seemingly scrubbed all mentions of Battlefield and EA from their social media bio, as well as updated their LinkedIn to state they've now left EA. And I think that for me... When I think of Battlefield and, and we've played, you know, some of the cops and robbers type of Battlefield games, right? We play some of those hardline, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and and we've definitely enjoyed that particular series and that series because of the framework of the title how it was very simple in its approach and what it, what it was delivering right and i think one of the things that we're looking at now is when we think about formula and some of the things that we're seeing from you know companies that are doing stuff like hell divers 2 the simple formula is always the things that we remember, right? So we have to tie it in, right? It's always the yeah. things that we're, we're going to remember. When you think about, you know, the changes that Destiny is currently considering making in PvP and taking out all the supers and just having the players have weapons only, okay? Mm. When you think about changes like that, where, you know, you look at uh, what Halo has done with um, just the, the burst fire weapon and the, the game, no shields, Right. So so why why is it why does it seem like it's difficult right now that Battlefield doesn't just go back to the 1942 Battlefield and give us that with the new technology? That's what Modern Warfare has done for the current Modern Warfare games that we're playing right now. We're not playing anything new. We don't we don't want anything new. We we want like I mean, I mean, just I mean, tell tell me how you feel about that. We want the things that we want the things that work. Right. Yeah. And we keep revisiting that. Why do companies uh, continue to make remakes? They make remakes because we're going to play them. Yeah. Because because we don't want anything new. So how do you feel about that? Like when you think about 1942, that particular battlefield, that was a simple formula. Just hold that particular zone for as long as you can. And if you hold it for the longest period of time, you're the one that's going to be victorious. Like that battlefield 1942 is a great formula to just double down on in a current battlefield environment because i don't think we're looking for that much change what do you think about that yeah it's it's very simple mechanics simple weapons of war you know it doesn't get too complicated i think when you go too far in the future you get stuff like drones and all sorts of emps and all creative new technologies that kind of bog down the core concept of we just want to hold this hallway and keep the bad guys from getting in Stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, they could go to whatever era they want, but I do think 1942 is, <laughs> that's a special sweet spot there where they could just pull in the nostalgia, just make a really good solid game that's fun to jump in and replay, which is what Helldivers is doing. I mean, even the Tomb Raider remaster that just came out this last week, three Tomb Raider games in one, the first three games in the series, and there's probably going to be more. I mean, based on popularity, but yeah, you're right. I mean, we just want to play <laughs> the old stuff, but make it new, you know, give us call of duty, but throw on the new graphics, but give us the old maps and the old weapons that we love the sights and sounds of. So you're right. Yeah, well, absolutely. So, so quick sidebar there. So I'm currently watching the uh, Hideo Kojima uh, documentary, right? The one connect, um, connecting worlds, right? That's on, Disney Plus. So if you haven't, definitely check that out. You'll love it. Um, and I think that when you, we think of an individual that can uh, not necessarily get away, but uh, get away with the fact that they could say, hey, we're we're making something new. Uh, who's on board? Hideo Kojima is the only person that I know of right now that can say, hey, this is a new concept. Uh, it's going to revolutionize how we think about, you know, movies or film, uh, movies or, or games. And, you know, people will buy in because it's Hideo Kojima outside of that, outside of that person. Right. I don't know if there's any other person that we could just bank on like that and and pay 
for a project that we know nothing about. Death Stranding came out of nowhere for us, Mm -hmm. right? It was a surprise. Uh, But now we see that it doesn't matter what Hideo Kojima comes up with. A company is going to back it. The game should be made, right? Based on the experience that we've seen. And now it's, it's just now just learning a little bit more about how he thinks about things. And I think the documentary shows a, a good, you know, portion of that. But before we, before we get, you know, move, move too fast, right? So, so Leto has not formally announced their departure uh, for, or commented on the next steps. And, and my thing is Battlefield is such a great game because of, of all the things that we play now that has, it has inspired. And the fact that it's going out like that for me, is just, it's, it's really sad. It's really sad in a lot of ways. So, so Battlefield One, did you play Battlefield One or check it out at all? Yeah. yeah. What do you think about one so? Five. Yeah. One and five were both tumultuous entries in the series, where it was like, where where are we going with this series? I know they wanted to kind of tread new ground by going to like World War One as opposed to World War Two that we've become so intimately familiar with. Um. But yeah, just it wasn't the secret sauce. I mean, people, I I think people actually flocked back to Battlefield 4 after they kind of got their fill of some of these new games. They were like, you know what? Battlefield 4 was like the most recent Modern Warfare entry with the secret sauce of what makes Battlefield great and what distinguishes it from Call of Duty, right? Those big, massive battles. So, so when you think about, okay, so Battlefield 4 and, and, it's like yeah. when I think about Battlefield, I think about Battlefield Four, and I think about Battlefield Hardline. That that I mean, that's it. And Battlefield nineteen forty two, which was an arcade game, which did extremely well. It did extremely well, and and the fact that you know we're we're not there to recapture you know that lightning in a bottle, as they say. I think they should definitely consider that. Uh, so so Battlefield nineteen forty two. Uh, definitely a hit. So you're saying Battlefield Five, Battlefield One was not. Uh, Battlefield uh, Four is the it's the one. It's yeah. it's the so so if it's if that's a foundation that they should pull from, why don't they just remake Battlefield Four as an interim <laughs> game? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like as an interim game, make Battlefield Four. And then build the next version of Battlefield at another time. Like, why? Why didn't they ever remake? You know that particular title. Uh, any thoughts on that? I think that's interesting. The fact that that's one of their best titles, and we haven't yeah. seen it since. No, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, that is definitely one of their best titles. And the first thing I thought when I saw twenty forty two, I was like, "What are we doing here? I don't care about what happens in the future." I want war right now. I want, I don't, I don't want spaceships call of duty when they did the infinite warfare. I checked out completely. I was like, not interested. If I want that, I play halo. I play destiny. You're barking up the wrong tree. So to me, that was an instant turnoff. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, I think they, that actually makes even more sense that they really should go back to battlefield four, get those classic maps that everybody loves. Find exactly. a way to, some new ones you know you can have some newer weapons and whatever but stick to what works (laughs) you have to stick uh, to what works okay so um any final thoughts on that i know i know it's this it feels sad but it feels like there's still hope right um any final words on on the the battlefield situation 
Well, I know that Marcus Leto, wherever he goes, whatever he did, does next, it's going to be incredible. Because, I mean, he worked on Halo. He did that, uh, his own studio for a while when he did Disintegration. You remember Disintegration, that? Disintegration, that was really cool. First-person shooter, RTS, all in one bottle, you know, just hovering around, commanding your troops from your, your little ship, and you're attacking from up there in a first-person combat. So, I mean, that was a super cool thing. So I wonder... Does this mean that he's going to get an opportunity to branch out and do something awesome, head up his own studio? You know, is he going to take up a job somewhere that he's always wanted to work at? Maybe that's why. Maybe it's kind of hopeless with the whole battlefield thing. And that's why he's like, right, dude, this isn't going anywhere. It's a Titanic. You know, we need to just abandon ship and try something else. I don't know. But I'm so, so here's. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited, too. So here's the thing. Right. So what if. He's making his rounds back to 343 Industries. I mean, we have to speculate. We have to speculate, right? Because I think uh, one of the guys that was at Ridgeline, um, and I may be saying this incorrectly, but I I definitely want to read it. Okay, so it says, uh, as spotted by Battlefield Connoisseur, uh, it says Danny on PC and Insider Gaming, Ridgeline Games currently has no job openings on its career site. And Ridgeline's co-founder and art director, Chris Matthews, also left the studio in January 2024 to join Halo developer 343 as studio art director. Okay, so now what if based on the current state of Halo that Marcus would end up back over there. Any thoughts on that? Mm, That would be really interesting because I know we have a lot of news coming out right now that they canceled a lot of stuff relating to Halo, like the Battle Royale that Creative Assembly was working on, which Creative Assembly usually does the Halo Wars titles. Um, Then we also know that they canceled campaign DLC and PVE content, they eventually got firefight out the door. But, you know, Halo Infinite kind of implied that there was going to be an infinite amount of Halo and not just maybe the multiplayer updating over time, but maybe single player and telling an ongoing story throughout that. So it implied that it was going to be a hub for all things Halo. And even Assassin's Creed is trying to do that with their whole, uh, whatever it's called, Unity or nexus or whatever they call it now <laughs> yeah, right. it's like you know one place you access all the new games and and right. you can just pick up from there um that could be really exciting dude if he comes back i know I... and you get back to the good old days right like halo right he was on exactly. combat evolved um halo 3 halo 3 odst reach i mean you get back to some of the best days of halo and and pull from that and and do whatever new stuff you want to do with the series that could be incredible that could be incredible exactly so especially when you look at where halo is right now it is in a good place and a lot of individuals who are currently playing halo are really happy with the experience that they have right now with the title and again going back to what we were saying before when it comes to what we're currently playing and what we're currently enjoying all of the companies are going back to basics within the playlist that they're offering uh, for us. You know, we have Destiny. Destiny's considering doing something, as I was saying before, all weapons, no supers. I mean, that's brilliant. 
Why not do that? Wow, yeah. Okay. So now that's going to take away maybe a portion of the individuals who are playing a lot of modern warfare right now because there's no supers. It's just pure skill with, you know, however you have whatever weapon you decide to use in that particular game. So, and then you have the remakes. You mentioned Tomb Raider. Going back to basics again. Hey, let's capture what we know that there's a base for. These individuals are going to buy this particular title while we're building the new thing, right? Then you have Battlefield 4. Why not capture that, right? Grab the individuals who are still waiting for a Battlefield game that they could really go back to, you know, with the new technology. Same thing that Modern Warfare did. They did it for Modern Warfare 2. They did it for Modern Warfare 3. And they're probably going to do it for the next Modern Warfare as well, using all the new technology that we have now, but yet keep the core gaming, um, the, that play that we've enjoyed uh, over the years. So it's very interesting. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, Marcus Leto going to, you know, 343, you know, as a consultant or some kind of, you know, leading role. And it's going to be good times for whoever decides to either collaborate with him or offer him, you know, a big check. So we'll see. Yeah. Absolutely. They've had a lot of people enter and exit, if you've noticed, throughout Halo Infinite's development cycle and just its continuous support over the years. So I really hope they can find some stable ground because that's that's scary, man, for anybody involved. Developers, gamers, everything across the board. That's that's kind of a nightmare having so many creative differences or whatever it may be. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. So what do you think about the the Rainbow Six uh, series? They've done extremely well uh, over the years. And even when they recently introduced uh, Extraction, Extraction was really good. You know, it's mm-hmm. definitely a, a title that I would like to go back to. It, it really made you want to go back into some of the matches, especially if you lose a member in there. Right. And I yeah. and I think that I still have somebody lost in there that I need to go release uh, from the web. <laughs> yeah, I left them in there. You know, I played other games instead of going back to, you know, get them out, you know, oh, of the yeah. system. And and that game was pretty good. I mean, what did they what did it do? It used a foundation that was extremely successful for uh, for Rainbow Six. And we got an extraction title that we didn't think that we were going to like. And we did like it. It it turned out to be really good. So so now what they're saying here with this next bit of news is that this title Rainbow Six Siege may not necessarily change. We may just rock with this Rainbow Siege um, Rainbow Six Siege forever because people are still playing it like it just came out last week you know what i mean so so what do you think about that what do you think about that so when it comes to that particular bit of news a rainbow six siege creative director seemingly doesn't have any plans for a sequel and essentially it's it's saying that this game the way it's designed or the way it is right now it could last forever well yeah they've done several health updates over the years where they focus on maintaining the overall health of the game, the community, you know, keeping hackers from destroying the entire experience. And we're coming up on year nine. They just revealed what they're going to do with year nine and they're announcing new characters. So, I mean, the game just constantly grows and evolves. They're adding new maps, new characters over time. It's the live service model that works and it doesn't get any of the flack that other live service games do 
because they, you know, they never use the official title, but they right. do what a live service game does and they do it really well. And the cutscenes yeah. are really good too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know, they run, they run sales, you know, quite frequently on mm-hmm. Steam. So if you're definitely looking for a title that is uh, super solid and you're looking for a shooter that really doesn't drop the ball, right? Rainbow Six Siege is is definitely, you know, that particular title. So one of the things that it says here, uh, it says that uh, watching, uh, having watched other live service games go through sequels, just completely dropped the ball. The team would rather build up the fan favorite shooter instead of making a new one. The idea of switching engines uh, to something that can be off the shelf ready simply doesn't answer the needs of a really competitive and demanding game like siege and this title uh whether you've played it or not or if you watch competition it it is still one of those titles where it is intense watching people play it right i know that uh we have you know other titles that are that are like that but from a competitive standpoint whether you're looking at you know a counter-strike or a title like rainbow six siege or you know a highly competitive match of halo or you know when you think about modern warfare and what they've done you know rainbow six there's just something extremely special i do believe that it's in its own category maybe very closely related to counter-strike but uh or um what's what's the other one that they play a lot um it's 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 a more colorful title and it's a highly competitive as well valorant yeah exactly right right exactly so when you think about those titles highly competitive and they're in their own category uh so changing them would really destroy what they've already built by way of of a foundation so any additional thoughts on that yeah rainbow six siege 2 just wouldn't you know it'd, it'd be nice to have like a graphical facelift or whatever but i mean they don't even need that it still looks great for a game that came out so long ago so i wonder who they're dogging on though if they're if they're pointing a destiny or division or any of these other guys that went for a part two when it's like actually you could have just rode with part one for a while Yeah, and it's interesting, right, when you think about it, because it specifically says um, it's a broad stroke of a, you know, like, hey, what are you doing over here? We, we we don't know if you're doing anything right because you keep dropping the ball, whether you made a second game or a third game. So I think it, it could be any live service games um, that may not necessarily Warframe has done well. Yeah. Warframe has done well for the things that they've built. So I don't think they're talking about Warframe and in particular, but I could definitely see them talking about destiny. <laughs> yeah. Or division. Cause division has struggled too. We haven't really talked about that. It they're has. struggling. Yeah. But do you feel they're on the uptrend as they're putting out more content now? I think they're on an uptrend when they focus on division two. Right. So you, you know what I mean? Something, it's pretty right. Good. As long as long as they're focusing on division two, the reason I say specifically that title is because every other title that they try to introduce by way of a beta or for us to play for an extended period of time, you know, it takes away from the, you know, for lack of a better term right now, the magic that we've seen with division two and how that core, again, going back to, I guess this may be the theme of this entire episode, the core experience of the games that we're playing right now do not 
change that particular formula. And whenever Ubisoft focused on Division Two uh, for the core experience and what we enjoyed, and you know, with with the atmosphere, uh, the the struggle, you know, the dark zone, the things that we appreciate about that particular title, they do well. Once they start introducing other titles that we don't care about starving in Division Two, right? So introducing a title like that, and and that's my personal opinion, right? I, I don't necessarily care about that. Looking yeah. for water and division two, right? Now, if, if water is a resource that I'm going to grab to give someone else in division two, that's one thing. But looking yeah. for it, starving for it, and waiting for the time of day to to go out, and then I'm not playing, um, I'm not playing a Resident Evil game, okay? I'm not playing a Resident <laughs> Evil game, you know, any game that is like a survival type experience. I'm not playing that, uh, even though technically uh, Division Two is that type of a title, but uh, a derivative of that where I have to, you know, uh, farm and grab water and do all that stuff. I, I'm not interested in that. No, it's a little too crazy. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely not interested in that. So the fact that they're refocusing on Division Two, the game itself, I think that that's going to keep people around for a while. Do you think that means that Heartland is dead because we haven't heard anything from it in a while? I think I think Heartland is on on the back burner because uh, their titles, if if the title isn't lighthearted and its approach, you know, for farming and crafting and doing those things, um, and the reason I say if it's not you know lighthearted is because a title like Power World coming out of nowhere is a lighthearted title for crafting and all the things that people enjoy in those games. But in a, a heavy hearted title like division two, we're already doing enough to stay alive. Yeah. So now you want us to look for water and, you know, hydrate ourselves. (laughs) Right. Right. And the title, make sure the toilet seat is in a particular you know position. You know, like what are we doing? We're not looking for that. We're not looking for that. So, so why is, um, I think for, from what I see with the number, why is Power World, uh, 25 million in the first month? Well, if, if that's the case, uh, 25 million in the first month is because it's a lighthearted title that resonates with other titles that we've enjoyed over the years that offers the crafting ability that people like in a title that makes sense for that package that we got for power world. But outside of that heartland is on a back burner because we're not looking for that. Yeah. We're not looking for that. And, and you're heading into a lot of, uh, you know, com- competition season, you know, springtime is literally right around the corner for a lot of people, you know, a lot of the stuff that happens, you know, in Vegas, you know, or even the Capcom, you know, cup, recently was being streamed you know the last couple of days there are different things that are happening that uh, we're amused by that we can just appreciate very quickly but if you're asking us to spend time to build a character up and by way of a crafting game and a game that wasn't designed for that in the beginning yes you're looking for another you're, you're looking to capture a market share and i understand that but we're not looking for that. If we were looking for it, the game would be out already. No one is really asking for that. No one is really asking for that. 
Right. And, and, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to be kind and, and what I'm going to say with your suicide squad game, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Right. I'm trying to be kind. It's your game because you're playing it. You're playing it. Yeah. You're on the team. I'm trying to be kind about that. Oh I'm trying. God. I'm trying to be kind That's about crazy. the things that I want to say about that particular time. Yeah. But we'll talk about that in no, a little bit. But real. when, but uh, to answer your question, we're not looking for Heartland because we're not looking to craft in Division Two. Yeah, that's my that's my opinion. If we were looking for it, it would be out, and we would we would run to the title um, and millions, right? But we're we're not doing that. Also, that that mechanic, I believe they had. Of- it, the whole world kind of becomes the dark zone at night, you know, like the don't go out at night. I think that's another kind of unappealing thing. Like I like the dark zone just being its its own zone, not the whole world <laughs> turns into chaos at a certain time. And then I got to put my character to bed so I can, uh, you know, have right. Some but I think exploration with friends, you know, yeah, and I think different mechanics that they're going for. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, Merging genres is not a bad deal, right? Because we've seen Destiny go from Destiny 1 to what we call it now an action RPG, right? It's solidified itself in that particular genre. It's an action game and it's an RPG game. We can say the same thing for Division 2 as well, right? And those titles have done extremely well by merging those genres together. Uh, and, and it works. It works qu- quite well. But some games, when they try to do that, they really destroy, they split the the player base instead of welcoming uh, the player base to have those genres, you know, merged together in a very nice, um, you know, uh, fashion. Uh, but I think that, you know, Heartland will continue to struggle because it's looking for an audience that isn't looking for the game. Mm. Very true. Yeah, it's just it's just not happening. All right. So um, Nintendo Direct, I put reflections. I didn't put impressions. I didn't put reactions because uh, you and I know that when it comes to Nintendo, Nintendo does what Nintendo does. That's Mm -hmm. that's what it is, Uh, whether it's partnerships, you know, whether it's collaborations, they're very specific about how they do that with companies. And they're extremely, um, you know, they're they're very particular about how they do that with creators as well. Right. So I put Nintendo Direct Reflections because I just want to hear your thoughts on when you watched it. How did you feel and what were your takeaways from that particular um, presentation? I think this was a sleeper hit for Nintendo, like I usually cover a lot of their directs and I couldn't make this one. And this was the good one. This was the one to tune in for because we got grounded in Pentiment coming over from Halo and notice the sky isn't falling. It's not the end of the world. You know, we don't have to saw our Xboxes in half. Um, These are just games that have done really well on Xbox and they have a solid life cycle and probably a decent, player base moving forward um and now they're on other platforms where they can be enjoyed but the other two things that really uh or i guess three things that struck me was i was just talking about epic mickey the other day and how disney disney just doesn't do stuff like that anymore when they make a game it's either rehashing an old ones, remake or remaster, this or that. But like Epic Mickey was something really unique when it came out. And so getting that rebrushed, as they call it, and uh, bringing it to the Switch where a lot of new people can experience it, maybe even younger people that are used to their Mickey Mouse stuff, 
And then now they finally have a Mickey game to play. That was a big one. Contra, Operation Galuga. Yeah. 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 Like they yeah, that's so good. Nowhere. And I was like, I'm I'm in automatically. I'm in. Um, and the last thing was Star Wars Battlefront Classic Collection, which is multi-platform. That's gonna be everywhere. But Battlefront one and two, those are the games we talk about the most from that Xbox PlayStation era. Um and it's it's just flawless. Those are just exactly what we want from Star Wars, exactly what we want from Battlefront. No loot boxes, no microtransactions, everything's in the game. You know, I think some there was some DLC or whatever at the time, but you know, everything's in there and that game's gonna be fire when it comes out. Like people 100%. are gonna leave Battlefield and Call of Duty and all these other games just to come back to Battlefront and battle in those same hallways you know, droids against the clone troopers or whatever you're going to do. Ah, that's so good. Yeah. So, I mean, they knocked it out of the park, Nintendo. So not only did they have all their own stuff, they had a new Super Monkey Ball and a couple other things, but, like, those really stuck out to me. Contra, Battlefront, Epic Mickey, and then, of course, the Xbox games not being the end of the world that they're going to other platforms. Absolutely. Yeah. So I really enjoyed uh, watching the Nintendo Direct uh, specifically for Contra and and Epic Mickey. And one of the things that I realized is, you know, and I want to mention it here because I want to have it on record. If you have not played Castle of Illusions, uh, which is available on Steam, definitely check out that title because that game is still uh, in terms of narration and graphics. It's still it it just holds uh, that magic year over year. So uh, it's a title definitely you should consider. Um, you know, put it on your your list. You know, when it goes on sale, to definitely grab that title. I do have it, uh, and it is magical. So when I see things like that, you know, and and that particular presentation for Nintendo, I'm like, man, we're we're still getting some amazing titles with whatever platform you're on, yeah. and especially when you look at titles that you're able to cross play on which i think it's amazing that we have a lot of those coming out and a lot of them you know currently available to us right now so i really did enjoy that nintendo uh, direct um, and i was like you know what although i spend my time on pc and i, I spend my time on other platforms i just want to enjoy this for what it's giving me it's giving me entertainment that in the near future if i decide to go that route i can have access to those things and really enjoy them for what they are so so that's the lens that I went in when I was watching it. And, and I think it was absolutely amazing. They delivered. Yeah. High praise, high praise for Nintendo. You know, even though I don't spend time there, I know you do spend time there and you know, you always have a lot of fun. When are you streaming Nintendo stuff again? Do you have an idea? Um, I may have to pop in and, and, and live vicariously through you when it comes to Nintendo. There is a demo for Contra, so I might need to download that and check okay, it out. Okay, okay. Show you what you okay. can't play, man. Rub it in your face. Yeah, so, so, yeah that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So show me what I can't play. Uh, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to actually seeing that in real time. And, yeah. and hopefully in the near future with a lot of titles, we see them on PC because, you know, mm-hmm. to think and just the title I'm thinking about right now, you know, at some point we're going to see the second Spider-Man on PC at some point. We don't yeah. know when. But at some point, we're going to see that, right? So so now, so this title here, I'm trying to find a way to say it nice, okay? Uh-oh. Okay, Uh-oh. we're going to transition to the, to this particular title here. But um, because I don't have physical experience with it, and you you did, what did you think of Suicide Squad? 
talk about that a little bit before I, I kind of like trash it a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> what you, what you think? Let's go. So I have finished the campaign. I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody here. Um, but I think the campaign's solid, the writing, the dialogue, the cutscenes, everything we know from Rocksteady that we've seen in their past games, this is on point. They have the same two writers that did Arkham City and Arkham Knight work on Suicide Squad. Of course, Kevin Conroy's back as Batman. Um, the things that I do have issues with that I wasn't sold on initially was like, why do I want to play as the bad guys? Um, I have no interest in the Suicide Squad. As a big comic book fan of all the things I love, I just don't like the Suicide Squad. So they had kind of a rough sell to me on that. But I was like, hey, it's DC Comics. I'm going to play it regardless. Let's see if it's good. And gradually, you start, the characters kind of grow on you. You know, they have these moments. You start enjoying the way different characters play, much like Avengers was. Um, But by the time I got around to the end game, now we're experiencing the issues that are happening with the game. With the most recent update, I believe is three days ago, that they they pushed out an update. And now when you're in the end game stuff, you load into a particular mission. And sort of like in the division, how you increase your world tier by playing more and more and the game gets harder and harder. Suicide Squad does the same thing. But when I get to the end of the mission, it won't load Metropolis. You get caught in an infinite loading screen. Beyond that, it doesn't save your progress and it doesn't save your gear that you just got for completing. Oh, my gosh. It doesn't save until you get back to Metropolis. So this this update has completely ruined the end game, Mm. Um, which they actually did a really good job on like actually having an end game and focusing on it and having lots of tiers of content that you could grind through infamy sets of gear that you could get for your characters. So, I mean, there's already a robust set of weapons and gear and crafting and all the great things that we don't have in other games at launch, to be clear. And there's exciting things on the horizon. We know the Joker is coming uh, sometime in March, along with the continuation of the story, which they did leave us. They left us on a cliffhanger of like, hey, we're not going to we're not going to tell you the real end of the story, you know, because we got to stretch it out, you know, destiny style. We got to sit here and tell you the story over how long. Um, but yeah, I, I think that might kind of sum up my thoughts before you come in with the with the bomb i'm gonna be nice i'm gonna be nice yeah. so it says suicide squad kill the justice league fails to meet warner brothers expectations uh during the financial call warner brothers discovery chief financial officer gunar weidenfels said rocksteady's recent release had fallen short of our expectations we kind of so here's the thing when it comes to to things like that right we we start playing a game and we don't like it And Mm -hmm. we tell our friends, they play it, they don't like it. And then over time, the company sees, hey, this is not selling like we intended. So we kind of know before they know, you know, Mm -hmm. usually we do. So so seeing this is not surprising to me. And and I've watched you play this particular title. Uh, It does. okay. so this is debatable. Maybe it doesn't look as good as any of the Arkham games. It does not look better than any of the Arkham games that we've seen in years past. 
And how is that even possible today? Right? I don't know. I don't know. With all the advancements that we've made uh, with the stuff that we do with interactive gaming, how is this game? I don't know, man. I wasn't impressed. I wasn't impressed. I'd I'd much rather watch you play the Arkham series than watch Suicide Squad. And I'm just being honest. I don't think that's being mean. You know, I think that if people are... I don't think that's being mean. If people are honest with themselves and they play Suicide Squad and then let's say on a Monday and then on Tuesday, they decide to play Arkham Knight. I bet you they'll play more Arkham Knight that week than they will play Suicide Squad. It's just I'm just being I'm just being honest. Right. And is it because the game isn't good? And and one of the things that you said was really interesting is you you don't desire to necessarily play as the bad guys. Well, why is that? Mm-hmm. Why is that? We want to play as the good guys. We want to be. You want to play as the good guys. To be Superman. Be Batman. Right. The game. So I don't. So here. Oh no! Full circle right now. So the game is not delivering on what players wanted in the first place. Right. They're not reading the room. So just like with Battlefield and all these other games, they're not doing the the remake of sticking to what works and and what we like. Now I'm not saying they need to reboot the Batman universe. That would be a whole new endeavor. And maybe they're tired of making Batman games after all the ones they made, you know, maybe they're satisfied with the, with the way that story ended. And that's why they were trying to breach new ground or whatever. But here it it just feels weird to have gone from a Batman game where you are sort of starting to establish a wider universe out there. You were making hints of other characters existing in that world and then not going to another member of the Justice League or just going with a full-on Justice League game, um, but with this becoming a a Suicide Squad game where, you know, we've had two movies of the Suicide Squad, and we can debate back and forth which one's better than the other, or maybe they're both bad, or, you know, maybe audiences neglected both of those films, so there's there's a lot of people that don't know what suicide squad is either so i mean if you're not knowledgeable of the brand why would you be excited about that particular group of of characters um also live service is a dirty word in in the gaming community so there were a lot of people just not buying on that premise of just like well if they're gonna sell me skins you know i don't want to be involved with any of this I don't like predatory stuff when actually everything's free except for the outfit. <laughs> Any new content, new characters that come in, it's all yours to play, which I think is a mistake. I think it's better to charge and raise money out of that, like Destiny does. They charge for expansions. You get new subclasses, new guns, new armor, all that stuff. I, I think it's worth the price of admission if you enjoy the game. So getting it for free, it looks like a good PR move, but Sometimes it ends up stabbing you in the back because you're relying on people to purchase the vanity stuff. And some people, some of us are pretty resilient at at not buying any of that. To the second point with Arkham Knight, the player base on Steam has gone up by 200% since Suicide Squad dropped. So I imagine the developers looking at that, that's that's probably a really strong rebuke of like... Mm. 
we kind of wanted this or like, oh, maybe I should check out the Arkham series and see what the big deal is. Maybe you never played it, right? And it's got a lot of people wanting to go back. The other thing is with the graphical comparisons that are going around, I think there's a good point to why is this why does this not have the level of polish and the the fidelity that a game from 2015 has with exactly. games from 2024? There's I, I can see part of the defense of, of the studio where it would be, okay, this is a multiplayer game. It's a looter shooter. It's a skill tree RPG. There's a lot of stuff going on on the back end that's running in your CPU, all this stuff. We have the same thing with Gotham Knights, right? Didn't look as good, but because it has a loot system, RPG stuff running in the background, the graphics take a hit because you have to be able to run everything happening at once. So there is a takeaway there where you have to make compromises to get a four-player, 60 frames per second, high-action, shooting, flying, verticality type of game. <laughs> you have to get that verticality. Don't, don't say that word. Don't say that word. <laughs> don't say something. that word. And um, so a lot of compromises have to be made. So does it look horrible? Not really, but does it look like what we're used to seeing from Rocksteady? No. And it doesn't meet mm. the standards. But I don't know. I guess they would have to delay it probably another year if they wanted to figure out a way to to up the fidelity. And how do you fix it? it run. Yeah. How do you fix it? Can, That's I the question. Know. How do you fix it? No, nah, it's too late now. It, you just got to run with what's oh, there. Oh, man. Sink. I don't. I don't know that they could just do a texture pack <laughs> and right. just have see how it goes. I think they had to make compromises to make it run the way it does, which it does run beautifully, and it's a gorgeous game. Cutscenes look great. Everything looks nice, but mm. once you start looking at the finer details, you know, and you compare how it's, you know, the other thing with Arkham Knight is it's all at night. It's raining, so automatically the graphics look ten times better. Because everything's shiny, everything's wet. You know, there's a certain fidelity that comes from that, an, an advantage that you get. Whereas Suicide Squad has the day-night cycle. They have a weather system that cycles in and out. Tornadoes come through the city because of Brainiac's terraforming technology. You got rainstorms. So, I mean, there's some stuff there, but it still still doesn't compare in that way. So. Being honest, I'm not. I'm not being a defender here. I think we're gonna we're gonna see Are things you sure? on both sides here. Are you sure? <laughs> I can be real, kind of. I I got a little okay. bias for the comic book stuff. I'm gonna play it no matter what. I will probably find some enjoyment no matter what. But my biggest question was: Is the end game? Am I gonna be content playing? You know, the same type of gameplay, running the same missions, same boss fights, grinding for gear or whatever. And I can't answer that question because the game doesn't work. Mm. So, so how do you fix it? Like, if you if you really had to to fix the game uh, by the end of this week, what two two things that you would change uh, to to fix the title? Yes, I know I'm putting you on the spot, yeah. and it's it's not it's a game that you've been playing for a while and you've seen enough of the game uh, to say, Hey, you know, if I had the ability to make some changes, I would change this or that, you know, we, we load up destiny two 
not just because the game at its core is a good game, but it is a beautiful game. The yeah. music is absolutely incredible, right? We we load Warframe not because the game is beautiful, it's because the atmosphere and the sound design is incredible too, right? So when you think about all the different titles that we play and why we go in there, um, for Spider-Man, it's not because, you know, the the fighting mechanism is great for Miles Morales. It's because when we're swinging through the city, there's a special feel to that going around in the city. So, so I think all the games that we, we consider memorable, whether you're doing like a blood code for Mortal Kombat or up, up, down, down for Contra, whatever it is, there are things that are memorable about those particular titles. What is memorable about Suicide Squad? Mm, that's a good question. Okay, I'll say for Metropolis, I, I think they designed a really good city and it, it captures that vibe of the of the Superman animated series, the comic books, you know, it's got that that look to it. Um but it doesn't give you in the way you mentioned, it doesn't give you that same feel of Spider Man swinging through New York. It doesn't give you the Batman gliding through Gotham. Like the traversal is fun and all, but like it, it doesn't give you that same sense of of joy and exploration. There's some fun little Easter eggs you can find and neat little locations you can visit. And there's little Riddler puzzles to solve and whatnot. But it it feels a little hollow compared to what we've gotten with other games. Now, if I guess you were asking if I could change anything. I mean, are there any limitations here? Does it still have to be a Suicide Squad game? Or is it but within the framework of what they have, what would I fix? Yeah, you can, you could broaden it a little bit. That's fine. Okay. Well, if it's in the framework of what I could fix, I, I would, you know, obviously fix whatever this update did that just ruined the entire system, right? But yeah, I think it's the details that matter. So... If if there's a way to make the graphics, the textures, whatever it is, to enhance and make you want to explore the city, because right now it's just going, you fly over to another rooftop and go shoot some aliens. There's not a lot of versatility or value between that. We're not going inside a lot of different buildings. There's practically no indoor combat because it doesn't lend itself to the type of gameplay they went with. So that's a sore spot for me, I think, is that the few moments where you went indoors was actually where the game felt the most Arkham. It felt immersive again. And I was looking around for Easter eggs and you could feel what the art team was doing with the city of Metropolis. Those were the few moments where that sold. So I don't know. I would try to give more of that and more moments perhaps both before the invasion and and after with the justice league they don't really tell us what happened to them you know after we inevitably do what the title of the game is um they leave us on that live service cliffhanger which could be a real a real sore spot with people a lot of people like to get to the end of the game and they you know like with vanilla destiny 2 storyline we want a little bit of closure but also we want a new adventure to be on the horizon. And all they gave us was like, well, there's actually 13 Brainiacs. So right. you one, but now you got to kill the others. And the 
you know, what happened to the Justice League? Is any of this permanent? Did we just kill all our heroes? And now we have to be okay with it, you know? I have my theories, but I won't say any. Um, but yeah, I think that's the small scale. Large scale, I would say don't even make this game. <laughs> mm. Deliver on what people wanted and expected. Be connected with the audience. When Arkham Knight came out, they were teasing all sorts of things throughout the game. Lex Luthor's company was in the game. There were dialogues between henchmen about Superman existing in the world. That would have been a logical place to go next. And the fact that Suicide Squad was in Metropolis makes me think that maybe they were working on a Superman game. And then WB said, hey, no, live service cash cow. Show me the money. I see what's going on with Fortnite and Apex Legends, all these other games. Let's just do a pivot and give us, and obviously they had to find something with guns. They had to find people that use guns because, you know, it doesn't work with Superman. You can't really do a a gear-based looter shooter. You know, they kind of tried it with Gotham Knights and Avengers and, it works to varying degrees, but it's not what people. It want. didn't work. It didn't work. It it's, didn't work because we didn't we didn't stick around. We didn't. We didn't stick around, and and even even it being uh, on a game pass, uh, depending on the title, if the game doesn't hold our attention, we're not going to play it, even as, if it's on a game pass, which is unfortunate. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to go out on a positive note, though. I do want yeah. to go out on a positive note. Um, and before we do that, I just want to mention, is there any bonus things that you want to mention you want to talk about before we, we begin closing out? Do you have anything that you want to share? Um, hmm. I did if play not, night last night. I see. See, I, see, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that. But my thing is, it's like all these things, all these experiences are connected. Uh, so, so even... You know, but I do want to go out on a positive note and uh, we have to keep giving uh, the flowers to Helldivers too. Like what is going on over there? Like, I mean, I'm just waiting for a good sale for me to pick it up at this point. I mean, this is an incredible run. I mean, last last peak or, or peak adjustment, if you want to say that, uh, I think they raised it, the cap to 800,000 um, yep. folks, right? Uh, hell divers and stuff like that and and the graphics look incredible gameplay looks incredible simple mechanics you know a a simple mission just go do this okay and Mm -hmm. if you're tired of doing it come out of the game and then there's going to be other individuals that may join you in the future so so i definitely want to go out on a positive note uh let's share uh, a couple of thoughts on Hell Divers 2. Uh, it is a crossplay title uh, for PS5 and PC, from what I understand. Uh, and it's definitely on my radar to pick up at some point once there's a sale at hand. And yes, we did rhyme there. Let's go. Hell Divers 2. What are your thoughts, man, before we close out? First of all, it launches at $39.99, which is really good. Really good price point. 60 bucks if you want all the deluxe edition costumes or whatever. So whenever it does go on sale, it's going to be a pretty deep discount, you know, if it drops like 20 bucks or whatever. Um, It's an incredible game. It's very basic. They give you weapons. They give you airstrikes that you can call in. It's co-op. You got your buddies. You just jump in. 
and you all equipped for whatever the mission's going to be. And maybe it's going into bugs, bug holes and plugging them with grenades and taking out their hives. Maybe you're going up against the automatons, which is very Terminator-esque. And there's some missions there where you evacuate civilians. Like they're in a base and you're trying to get them to the to the central area where they can evacuate or whatever. And so you're just like fighting robots. They're coming in dropships and the civilians are just running right past you and you're trying to keep them alive. There's there's chaos. There's fun. I mean, it's just it's it just shows that if you have a core concept that works and something that people can enjoy, they can laugh at, they can have a good time. And like the CEO said, they have no plans for PVP. They don't want to mug up this thing with any toxicity or or back and forth animosity. You know, they want it to be a team game that's about getting the friends together and having a good time. And we're losing to the robots, so we do need more people in there. So if you pick up Hell Divers too, <laughs> we need more it should bodies. be we it should be a good time. Problem, dude. <laughs> It should be a good time. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, picking it up. Um, I'm taking care of some business stuff right now. So um, as we're talking about that, I just want to let you guys know, if you haven't checked it out already, uh, podcasting, what you should know, uh, I authored this book, uh, link in the description below. If you're looking for tips to level up your podcasting game, definitely check that out. But when it comes to Held Average 2, I'm waiting uh, for a discount. I am going to pick it up and it is definitely on my radar. So uh, shout outs to that. And I do believe that they're doing an incredible job uh, with the mechanics that we appreciate. Now, you mentioned a couple of things. You mentioned airstrikes. We saw that in Streets of Rage back in the day. Remember yes. that? You remember <laughs> that? That was so ridiculous. But I love right. it. And that ridiculousness sell. That's what it right. is. Right. And and it's sold. And easy mechanic, uh, easy mission uh, to go easy. Uh, not necessarily mission, but objective. Go in, do this, and then come out. Right? And I think titles that offer that, we continually go back to. Right? Uh, it, it's not a surprise that we're still playing Call of Duty today because the core gameplay of Call of Duty was inspired by 007. And a lot of individuals aren't familiar with even that history of, of Call of Duty. Why do you continue to go back, play it, even you, even though you say you're not going to play the next one? Because 007 is still a core mechanic that we've enjoyed. And we're going to mm-hmm. go back to that particular mechanic every single time. So uh, so that's where we are. Uh, any final thoughts? Uh, plug in uh, things that you're doing and we can get out of here. Uh, subscribe, yeah, subscribe, fun. subscribe. Appreciate that. It looks like they are going to put a, a maintenance downtime for Suicide Squad tomorrow. <laughs> so we might we might have some changes. They say they're going to address that. But nevertheless, I won't be playing until it's fixed. So that's an unfortunate problem. But uh, yeah, Helldivers is one of my favorites and a game that's really easy to go back to. So that's going to always be on the back burner for me. Just like Destiny, Division, I think Helldivers is going to be one of those ones that's just on the list. As long as there's players, which it looks like there's going to be. I mean, with 800,000 on the server cap and over 3 million units sold, like that's insane. That's going to be so many people. And once word of mouth gets out, once things get stabilized a little bit as well in terms of performance, that's, you know, that was hindering people from being able to get into the game. So 
I mean, once that's out of the way, like the floodgates are going to open even more because the people that were hesitant about like, well, let's see how the servers hold up and stuff like that. They'll get in. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, Aaron Shack, um, Aaron Shack 64 TV on Twitter, AaronShack.com for the gaming reviews, news and uh, photography blog. Shackcast is my podcast. You can find it wherever podcasts are available. Thank you for having me here, dude. Yeah, you know, so yeah, man, it's just a pleasure. I know we we talk a lot about games, and with a lot of pop up things that come up uh, in gaming, uh, I definitely want to have more of these conversations. So definitely like the video, subscribe to the channel. Uh, really do appreciate it, Iceman. Good to see you, and uh, looking for other things to do with the Owl merch. Uh, yep, for sure. So definitely check out the merch. Uh, link in the description below. Uh, yeah, we just love talking about games, and we will be doing more of that. So uh, shout outs to you uh, for pulling up. Definitely appreciate that and uh, definitely appreciate you guys pulling up in the chat as well and this has been episode 659 okay that's going to be in the uh, audio feeds uh, later this week uh, thanks for coming and we'll see you next time take care guys